can talk about them. We can do whatever we want, Dave. God, it's our remakes. podcast. Man, remakes. We can do Taint Talk if we wanted to. There's a niche market out there that we're not tapping into, and it's Taints. It's yep. Taint Talk. You want to tap into Taints? Let's tap into some Taints <laughs> and Taint Talk <laughs> here on TNT. Mind Gap Podcast. Guys, welcome to Minecraft. I'm Doug. I'm Justin. And we are blessed. Blessed on this wonderful Easter. You fundy Christian, you. <laughs> wonderful Easter weekend. We are wholly blessed. Praise be. By gold. Please welcome uh, my very, one of our favorite guests, repeat guest, uh, David Cochran. Hello, hello. And for the record, because uh, I live in Southeast Missouri, I do not agree with anything that's offensive that you hear here. <laughs> I love Southeast Missouri and... But Northeast Missouri can fucking suck it, right? Yes. <laughs> Unless they have an administrator opening, in which case I'm all for Northeast Missouri as well. Dave, welcome back. But not Cooter. I'm not going to go work at Cooter. Remember we talked about oh, this Oh, shit. Not, yeah. What is that? That's right. There's that's a, actually further south from There's where a town I called Cooter. Yeah. I forgot. Yes. Cooter. Not gonna, I can't do it. What's their, uh, what's their mascot? You know, I can't remember. I really don't. I think it's like the Cardinal or something like that. <laughs> the Cooter, Cooter Card- Cardinals. Cooter yeah. Pie. Oh, God. We're the pies. Hey, we're the pie. Remember, disclaimer from 30 seconds ago. <laughs> we're going to try to adhere to that, but no promises. <laughs> so, Dave, uh, what have you been up to, man? <laughs> Since the last podcast? Since the last right? podcast. Um, I'm still teaching. Uh, I started coaching again. Nice. I really enjoyed that. What are you coaching? Uh, helping out with the sprinters and jumpers at junior high level. My first experience with junior high kids, really. Nice. Um, they're a different breed. I struggle with junior high kids personally. Well, it's a horrible time to be in your life. It's a well. They're also horrible people. Well, you gotta think that's that's when all the the hormones and shit start kicking in, and everything that you thought you know as a human being up to that point is then questioned, and you're like, ah, you start changing. And Bus rides are more exciting than they used to be. Right, all the guys out there know what I'm talking about. Hell, <laughs> oh, I like the bumps. I like the bumps. All of a sudden, it's just like everything is changing around you, and you're changing yourself, and it's just like you don't know. Like I just remember. I brought this up before. I'm like, how do I walk the right way? Because I was yeah. like, dude, you walk weird. I'm like, what's what's the right way to walk? I don't know how to walk. It starts walking with the same arm and foot. <laughs> the same well, you got, you got to try to imagine Doug and I, were, we were both really, really tall. Um, we had glasses. I hadn't switched to contacts yet. And we had the last name Cochran. So yeah. it was glorious, let me tell you, for our <laughs> self-esteem. Yeah. It's seventh grade. That's when I got contacts. I had braces. And mm-hmm. like I had a weird, like I evolved yeah, yeah. Over, from sixth grade to seventh grade over that year. I was, and that summer, I was like, Bruh! I changed. Yeah. And I was like, I'm a different person. It was really weird. You guys are three years apart. Two years apart. Two, age, two years apart age-wise? Yeah. Okay. Are mm-hmm. you 30 or 34 now? I'm 34. Okay, cool. Th- yeah, uh, 36. School-wise, how far apart were you? Like, two did years. you you two still years. were two years apart? Okay, yeah. cool. So uh, we get to spend uh, some time together in school, at junior high and high school. Sports up a lot. Um, I think that's – and that's why I've really enjoyed it, actually, um, doing the junior high kids. I feel like they're not douchebags yet. Um, yeah. Some of them, I can tell, are on the douchebag track. Mm-hmm. But – they uh, just want to do sports to do sports because it's fun. And for me, um, that's really what helped me at least um, gave me something to do. If I didn't have sports, man, I can't imagine. How, I was already a, kind of a bad kid, but I can't imagine without sports how bad it was. Did you cause a lot of trouble? A little bit. A little bit. Little bit. <laughs> but uh, no, I didn't. A little bit. Uh, moving I would, on. I would be a great job as a school administrator. <laughs> no, but I mean, and, and some of the people I coach with, um, actually all of them are awesome. And I didn't. 
and I feel like where the school I'm at, like the junior high coaches for all the sports are like really, really awesome, and they do a good job. And then not saying the high school coaches aren't, aren't as good, but I feel like there's a they're just a lot better down there at the lower levels. So I've had fun. That's really cool. Yeah, I just remember sports helped me out a lot too. Although I did have some shitty coaches too, which oh, kind of yeah. sucked. Yeah, it just struck the fear of God into me. And I understand. Maybe you can talk to this a little bit, but obviously, having being a teacher, uh, having control over the the classroom and the and the kids is probably very important to make sure stuff gets done. But at the same time, like I feel like someone who's just like. I lived in fear for with th- certain coaches that so much so that I thought like my, my performance was Dude, terrible. Dude, you, you got to – this girl I coach with, she uh, does the best job I've ever seen at terrifying kids but not to the point where they won't compete, you know. Okay. Um, there's a fine line. In the classroom, I'm kind of a huge jerk. I actually am probably over the top um, bad cop, bad cop like the other guys. I'm like, <laughs> I thought you did like a arm wrestling ring or something like that. No, I, a lot of it's my size. I'm 6'5", I have beard, and I have a deep voice, and I can bluff them. But this girl is like – she didn't get super mad if she ever listened to this. Not super tall, I'll put it that way. And uh, but she scares them. But she also backs it up with knowledge. And I think this is getting teacher stuff. This is so boring for the podcast. If kids think you know what you're talking about and they think you have your best interests in mind, they'll always do a good job. And that's in the classroom. That's in anything. I think it's the same way for work for you. Yeah. If you feel like your supervisor kind of knows what they're doing and they're trying to do the best for you, you'll perform. There's nothing worse yeah. than, than having someone above you giving you orders and you feel like you don't have any faith. I think you can be. Yeah. A, I actually think uh, <laughs> something. Dad actually said he goes. You can be lazy or a dumbass. You just can't be both. <laughs> um, that, is, that is sage advice. He's right, and I feel like that is sage advice. You can put be, that on a coffee mug right? and sell that shit. You, um, can, yeah. you can be lazy or a dumbass. You can't be both. And so I think if if you are a dumbass and you're teaching or coaching or you're a boss, but you're not lazy, um, you'll be fine. Um, but you can't have the dreaded combo of I don't know what I'm doing and I'm not going to try. So. That's that's how I felt at the, when I did our stint at the container store. I felt that same way because all the all the managers they would they would dictate you know what you needed to do and you know well you're you're uh, how to design closets and how to plan spaces and organize like this and this. Job. Oh, it's terrible. But they none of them knew how to design, and so for them to dictate how we should like <laughs> well you guys are doing it wrong. We will. How are we doing it wrong? How could we do it? But well, it's just it's inefficient. Well, how? And they would never. And so all the times that they would they would try to course correct or micromanage or whatever you want to call it, it just it infuriated me because I was like, you guys don't you don't know how to do this. You as a manager don't know this job, and that gave me no faith in them as a manager. I, I've worked with uh, especially in the coaching field people that knew like a ton, like just geniuses, but they were incapable of communicating that to kids in a way that the kids can understand. And they end up being a lot more ineffective than the guy who is in the dumbass category but is able to get kids involved. So um, I'm lucky right now. I was pretty much done coaching. Like, I just didn't mm-hmm. enjoy it anymore. Because, it, it, you know, because of dad, uh, our dad, you know, Hall of Fame and all that stuff, you're, like, never going to be up to his level. And then I just kind of wasn't into it anymore. And I finally work with some people and with some kids that I'm actually kind of pumped again. That's I dusted awesome. off all my old stuff, and I haven't opened that in a while. I just winged it for a long time, so it's been good. That's cool, man. So, like your old uh, curriculum that you put together? Uh, workouts. Like training? Workouts and nice. stuff. They're a little outdated now. I think I've learned a lot of stuff from the people I work with. They're into the new, fancier stuff. So, so. you've got them like, lifting like triangle-shaped weights? and Oh, yeah. yeah. Montage all the time. Yeah. <laughs> we, we train in a montage. <laughs> so if they're not, it's not a montage. It's not good training. <laughs> That's so and they're like, I'm so confused. I just did one push-up, and then he had me run over and jump. <laughs> He's got this really bad 80s. Yeah, it's movie. montage training. It's, it's like montage. It works. In a montage. <laughs> always fade out. In no, but it's just been a really good time. I've It's probably been the most fun I've had coaching since I was up in Columbia. That's so. great. That's incredible. That's really fun. That's mm-hmm. really good. I think that's really important, just so you can kind of make that connection and feel like 
like you're helping people. Yeah, I do. And that's, you know, most of the time in our job, I feel like we're just trying to get to the end of the day. And I, I don't, I mean, you do. I might, I always make teaching sound like it, it's bad, but a lot of times you're like, all right, it's almost three. I can do this, but I haven't I feel felt like, like that. I feel like everyone feels that in their job. Oh, 100%. I mean, we've yeah. all been in And the situation. kids are like that, too. They're like, oh, God, I'm almost done. Oh, of course the kids are like that. They're like, oh, Well, we God. handed out cap and gowns the other day, so the high school kids are done. <laughs> They're done. <laughs> they saw that when I am, I'm terrified. Wednesday, we come back to spring break, and then we got like three and a half weeks left. It's going to suck. It's going to be the hardest. Do you, saw, find, do you find that? Because I, I mean, I remember as a, as a senior myself, I remember senior slide kicking in hardcore mm-hmm. at the end. As a teacher, what is that like dealing with, with the senior slide? Um, there's a moment with every senior where they realize they're going to graduate. Um, some of them, it's like October, which is bad. Um, <laughs> but once they realize they're going to graduate, they uh, it's hard to do any advanced stuff they'll do the basic like go through the motions but like i got some pretty big projects coming up like my business class is gonna do a business plan mm-hmm. seniors gonna be lazy as hell on that yeah because it requires them to use like higher level thinking they're gonna be like screw that i'm done you yeah. know but the the younger kids aren't bad they're fine but the seniors it's tough you got to have a relationship with them if they like you and they trust you they don't want to be dis- fine they don't want to disappoint right you. so but you if, can, if you can they pull don't that a little if bit. they don't like you and they've never liked you oh god they're gonna make you feel it the last couple of weeks so <laughs> Because yeah, basically at that point you just mutually agreed that you're just gonna be like, cool, you're not gonna do anything, I'm not gonna bug it because we're not gonna get anywhere, sort of thing. Yeah, that's usually what happens. And we got you know standardized tests because we got to justify our jobs to the government. That's coming up actually. I think Wednesday we have the ACT that all juniors have to take, and then we have EOC tests, which is like our end of course exams. That's all the next like two weeks, and then we got finals, and it just it's it's fun times. Yeah, it's good stuff. It's all about see, we don't suck because this number on a piece of paper, so. Because all kids should be measured the same way, because that's accurate. Don't get me started on fucking standardized testing. Uh, we have to do it, because people... I know you have to. I mean, it sucks. I mean, none of us like doing it, but it's yeah. part of the job. Luckily, none of my classes have that, so I don't have to do it. So oh, That's good. That's actually part of the reason why I went into the business side of it, because sure. I was going to do English, and I'm like, oh, God, i got to do all this. you got to teach Huck Finn. Everybody's got to read Huck Finn. And I'm like, what if I want to have him read something else? Like, like the Dark Tower. The Dark Tower series or something yeah. like that. Way more you get out of that than Huck Finn. He I went think- on a raft, then he went home. The end. Yep. <laughs> and then i got to deal with the kid that wants to read the parts that have you know racist terms in it. And he's like, hey, I'll read this part. You know, and I'm like, listen, dude, you can't stress the N-word every time it comes up in the book. I always felt like some of the stuff that they required, I was just like, what? As Jane an adult. Eyre. Jane Eyre. Ugh. What, what, was our, what was our English teacher in high school? Uh, Mulford. Made us read Jane Eyre. That book sucks. I, I never th- read Jane Eyre. I so not have to go through that. <laughs> that was for AP English. And tell I me anything that happened in that book. Couldn't tell you. Besides guys suck. All I know is it was British. That's it. And guys suck. Um, all I remember was that a whole bunch of us, because we were supposed to read that over the summer before we started <laughs> Like two days they used before, to do that, I forgot. two days before school started, we all ran the movie and sat down and watched it together, <laughs> so that we could all be like, "All right, what's happening?" We took notes on what was happening, so we knew the plot of the movie, <laughs> so we could go into it because she was going to quiz us the first day. I was like, "Fuck!" And there, I had zero interest in that book, zero interest. I had the uh, my sophomore year of college, back when I still didn't know what I was doing in my life, and I was just a mess at Mizzou. I uh, signed up. I knew, I knew I was I was an English major for a while, so I just took a random English class because I did what you always do. I waited the last minute. <laughs> And I was like, yeah, whatever. And I don't even know what this was. English 206. That, yeah, it's a sophomore class. I'll take it. And I show up. I'm the only guy. And it was feminist writings <laughs> from like 1800. It was really oh specific. God. It was like feminism, feminist books <laughs> from the 1800s that were British. And I was like, Very it was basically Jane Eyre on steroids. It was basically like your worst nightmare. <laughs> yeah. So I walked in and I looked around. I was like, that's a lot of girls. And they're wearing a lot of boots, like a lot of combat boots. And I, I, I didn't piece it together yet. And I was like, huh. And they all kind of gave me like a death look. And I realized that. I was in the minority in, in that class. And so anytime we had to do readings, I had to read the male parts. And as you can imagine, the males in these books are just complete, just complete assholes. Yeah. And so I'm like, 
bake me cookies, woman, you know, and stuff like that. And so they would hate me because I tried to get into it because I, I, I actually kind of like doing the reading stuff. Sure. It's yeah. fun. And uh, they're like, this. and so all, all class, I just got He believes on. this. Yeah, and I'm like, no, I don't at all, you know. And then they'd be like, well, let's get the male perspective. And I always had to give the male perspective. Oh, it's such an uncomfortable thing like, to do. Uh, wow. I, I have the same perspective as you because I'm a human being. And right. That's like finding a, a random black person go, well, how do you feel about black lives hey, matter? Spe- versus, hey, speak for all black speak people. Speak for everybody right, exactly. about how, how this works right now. How do you feel? It's right. like, uh, okay. I, I, get, I, give a, I give a speech all, every year to my, uh, my senior guys about how guys suck. And we do. Um, and I feel like I can do it because I'm old enough now, but I'm like, we're getting dominated in about every possible category, you know. Um, but I still don't feel like you should have to speak for your entire gender, you know. Uh, but, yeah, I, I give them a speech like girls graduate from college more than guys. Uh, if you go through my grade book right now, if I load it up on your computer, top three grades, all girls. Yeah. Every one of my classes. Um, ACT, valedictorian will always be a girl. There'll always be that one nerdy guy. Mm-hmm. There's always that guy. But they'll, they'll all be girls. And... Uh, Girls are starting small businesses more than guys, and you never see like single dads. You always see single moms. So I'm like, guys, you suck. You got to get it together. You know, mm-hmm. that's actually a really good point. I never, I never. Oh, we're getting we're, get, we're getting dominated in academics. Yeah. Um, it's really bad, and uh, I don't know what happened culturally for that, but uh, it kind of infuriates me because it's embarrassing. Because I actually have had to deal with, God, I can't believe you got me talking about this. Reverse sexism as a guy in, in education because they assume that I'm a lazy piece of shit that just wants to coach they think you're a lazy dumbass they think i'm a lazy dumbass <laughs> and so because uh, i mean i remember i dealt with that at my school where they're just like oh, he just wants to coach he doesn't care about teaching i'm like i like teaching way more than coaching i really do because i feel like i make an impact i only like coaching right now because the people i work with um but they're like oh he's a guy he just can coach football and you know show up late and all this stuff i'm like no just because i'm a guy doesn't mean i don't take my job serious right so. watch, watch me prove this but wrong. then i look and i'm like you know there's the pe guy there's <laughs> that guy and i realize that i'm in the minority yeah you know? yeah well i mean and that's i mean that stereotype that they thought was based off of observations yeah. that they yeah. had seen to be yeah. true and so it's yeah even though over half of our student body is female and a majority of our teachers are female we have no female administrators they're yeah. all they're all males so, all white males yeah and so they all of the instruction, all the boss stuff comes down from males. And I looked at our district level, all males. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, it's just you go all the way up through like the people that run education besides good old Betsy. They're, they're all males. I can't talk about her. I can't do it. I was going to bring it up. Actually. Betsy Devos. Can't do it. I was going to bring it up and be like, what do you think about Betsy? No, nah, I can't. Dave? Can't do it. <laughs> can't or won't. I'll get, I'll get fired up. So. <laughs> <laughs> but, You're uh, as red as your shirt. <laughs> but yeah, it's, uh, but yeah, I mean, that's, uh, but yeah, bringing up some of that uh, race stuff, you guys wanted to talk about, uh, Oh, look at this guy doing segues. What, oh, yeah. is this your show? Huh? He- Heimdall. Is, is, this, want, is want... this your show, Dave? You I'm doing telling this? you, man. This you must this be like podcast? the Cochran's must have a – there's like a, a genetic thing for transitioning right? for segues. Well, I just remember yesterday Justin was talking about how he doesn't think black characters, black actors should play white people. I think that's also right. Isn't that how you remember the events? I, I there was, feel like that's absolutely. I think it's exactly of, how it went. He I was, think he said something about Jack Black playing Black Panther would be the best casting choice. Yeah, because it really fits the character. Not I sure think, why yeah. you're doing this to me, but yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> and Idris Elba should never have been allowed to play any characters that weren't black. So yeah, something like he that. He should have just done The Wire. If I tried to be a school administrator, you're <laughs> tanking my chance. <laughs> you realize this? You're a guy, so you got a good shot already. <laughs> and you're white, so and yeah, I'm you got really a good lazy. <laughs> um. <laughs> In the interview, I'm lazy and I'm a dumbass. They're like, hired. Hired. You, you know what? You don't want to be a teacher. We're going to hire you for yeah, an admin you're position. You're in charge. Yeah. You seem like you have a good head on your shoulders. You have a pulse, right? Good. Come good. on in. You, you want to be pul- president? You got a pulse. You want to be president? <laughs> you got a pulse and a dick? Come yeah, on in. Yeah. Let's do this. 
Yeah, I did not say any of what they just yeah, said. Yeah, that was false. So. We were just, uh, <laughs> uh, Justin is not like that at all. <laughs> but I will guy. play a devil's advocate if we want to have a conversation. <laughs> this would be a rough one to be devil's advocate on. This is yeah. very much, yeah. <laughs> but like, I'm not going for an administrator position, yeah, so true. I'm good. Um, no, yeah, we, we were kind of talking. Because you saw yesterday, you saw Ghost in the I Shell. I did see Ghost in the Shell yesterday. And I asked how it was. So give us a real quick, just how, how was it? Uh, I I liked it, but I'm not a huge fan of Ghost in the Shell. I think it's if you actually go back and you get rid of the rose colored glasses about uh, the old uh, anime movies, like uh, it's kind of a flawed show, anyways. You know, it just abruptly ends, and there's not a lot of character development, which is the exact same thing that happened in the movie. There's not a lot of character development; it abruptly ends. But I, I wanted to watch to see like how different it was the Scarlett Johansson, and I guess I kind of guess you probably should have made it an Asian, but I don't know if you had to. Mm-hmm. I, I just. I feel like Doug and I talked about it. I don't feel like when I watched the anime back in the day, that character was, they kind of drew her and animated her in a way that she was non-racial. I think mm-hmm. they were trying to make her a robot, which is what I think they were going for. For the listeners, uh, what we're talking about essentially is there's been a lot of uh, to-do about uh, Scarlett Johansson being cast in this role because there's the, everyone's talking about whitewashing and... Uh, Hollywood now with uh, you know Tilda Swinton being cast as the ancient Iron one, Fist, Iron Fist, Iron Fist uh, and then this Ghost in the Shell. So a lot of a lot of uh, whitewashing is nothing new. Uh, that conversation has been around for a very long time, but it's it's kind of having another another resurgence in the uh, the current dialogue that's being had. Well, in Hollywood. and the, the company we couldn't remember the company that made Ghost in the Shell. Their CEO actually came out and said he felt like they lost money because of that, and I. I don't agree. I think they lost money because it just doesn't appeal to a wide enough group of people. Right. It's a weird story in general. I remember watching an anime movie back in the day, and I felt like I missed something. But I think that's just how the movie was. Like I remember watching, and you're like, it, 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 things happen, and then it ended, and I was like, I don't get anything that just fucking it felt, happened. It feels like a long episode of an ongoing show, yeah. more, than, more than like an individual self-conditioner. And they expect you to pick stuff up. Mm-hmm. Um, they do, and, they, and that is part of their storytelling strategy. They tell you nothing. You just dive right in, and they expect you to piece it together. But I don't mind being challenged in that to a certain degree, but at the same time, because it's such a weird world, and they have all their stuff established, all these rules and stuff, it's yeah. very cyberpunk, mm-hmm. you know, what people can do, and then all of a sudden it's like, go, and then it's over, and you're like, huh? What? I, I think I didn't hate it because I, I like that kind of stuff. Like, I've always been a big fan of, like, you know, I even like the original Blade Runner, which, by the way, is not perfect. There's some nerd out there about to kill himself because I said that. But I like that. <laughs> Kind of just not. I don't like the full dystopian view, but I like the idea of what defines a human and where sure, we're going. Yeah. Technology. That stuff always is fascinating to me. That's more of a transhumanism discussion. I like that stuff, yeah. and so you know, if something goes in the show, I'm going to always be interested in because it, delve, it delves into that, like what makes a person a person and stuff. But so. do you think the general the general viewer it would be a little harder for them to kind of play catch up and 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 really get into something that is that this this. Like, I can't, I can't see my mom going to watch that. You know, I couldn't see <laughs> her. And like, I am very somewhat familiar with the source material and even I was like I don't think I'm going to go see that well, I guess the question is if they would have cast an Asian actress to play that main character would it have been better from a viewing standpoint and that's yeah. I don't know I feel like Scarlett Johansson is a good actress um, I feel like I've liked most of the stuff she's in um, I, I guess would I have went and saw it I guess if there wouldn't if she would have been in I don't know I feel like casting can't make up for a bad story or a bad move like if, if, if cinema you know, cinematically it's told poorly or if the writing is poor I don't care what actor or what race you get. It's I. It's really hard Look to make up for these great actors that have been in terrible movies. X, like, X-Men Apocalypse. I yeah. mean, honestly, uh, Fassbender does a phenomenal job like he always does as, yeah. as Magneto. That movie still sucks. Absolutely. McAvoy was yeah. great in that. Or even uh, Josh Brolin was in that uh, movie. Um, he played, yeah, it was with Megan Fox. He had half a burned face. 
It was so like if it oh, was uh, oh my god, how we forget? I forget the what DC it was movie. Yeah, it was it was basically Jonah, like a, it was a Jonah Hex. Oh, Jonah, Jonah Hex. Hex. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Josh, and they were like Josh. Even Josh Brolin couldn't sell. Like so many things I've seen. Like this person is trying really hard, right? But they couldn't save it. I mean, that just goes to show yeah. you, like you know, you're dealt with what you're dealt with, and you gotta try and do what you can. But I mean, that was Josh Brolin playing doing this terrible movie, you know. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't think that the Tilda Swinson thing it affected uh, Doctor Strange. It made a ton of money. People seem to like it. I yeah. just I think it's a case by case basis. I I well, do think a character like Black Panther, for example, his whole thing was he or Luke Cage, for example, a big part of their character is being African American. Right. I mean, if all of a sudden you had, you know. Trying to think, Tommy Lee Jones. That's the most random guy I can think of. I'm gonna be Black Panther. <laughs> That'd probably be a little problematic for me. Well, I think I think part of this goes into the fact that there's. Um, I know a lot of uh, minorities feel like there's they're they're getting boxed out of roles um, for for some of these things, and there's some quality. But should actors. that even matter? I guess is what I'm asking. Well, I mean, shouldn't we want the best entertainment product possible? Isn't think, that what we're well, going for, anyways? Yeah, I would say yes, but I think. I think to that end, a lot of pe- a lot of uh, minorities don't get cast because I think white is a much more marketable. Well, we know the color. People. Like we know, that's the we thing. know who Scarlett like, Johansson is. Can you name an Asian actress that could could have filled that role? Uh, that's not Lucy Liu. No, I don't. You know, no, no, I'm just saying. Like that's that's like the. But that's the thing. No, yeah. n- I don't know of anybody. Like, like is, is that the purpose of film though? Is that it's supposed to be an avenue to? Well, the business end of it, yeah, it matters because you got to put asses in seats, and that's where there's this constant battle in my mind between the business side and the art side. The art side of it, I agree with you 100. percent Who can play this role? Was this role written for a particular race, or is it just a, playing a character? If it's just playing a character, I don't give a fuck who does it. I love that Heimdall was played by Idris Elba. Right. These are Norse gods, but here's this awesome actor playing this great character. A character who, really, for the most part, was pretty minor, but he made it amazing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I'm like, yeah, it makes sense. He doesn't have to be white. Right, he, he brought gravitas to the role, and therefore it like, not it, have it to be white out. to play yeah. Heimdall. I'm like, that's fucking cool. <clears throat> um, but, like you said, Black Panther, obviously, that should be for someone. So that being said... So even, I'm going to throw that out there. Iron Fist is white in the comics. He's a yeah. blonde-haired white guy in the comics, and yet people wanted them to cast... That's why I didn't actor. understand. And, I, and, I, and I, you guys know me, I'm pretty progressive guy but i was like no that's that's a big part of his character is that he is this white dude that somehow he's an outsider yeah, that, I, yeah. I didn't understand i guess i didn't read up on that so the, they're, they're saying the controversy with iron fist is that iron fist should have been in an, an they Asian felt person? like it was a great opportunity for marvel to cast an up-and-coming okay. Asian actor it was like the prime opportunity and they felt like they could have modified the character for modern times because iron fist is kind of an outdated he was back in the 70s i mean luke cage was black exploitation type stuff right. yeah um and, and iron fist was kind of the, With the white, whole kung white, fu yeah, yeah kung fu white savior type thing but to me i i've read a lot of iron fist comics and i feel like him being an outsider is a big part of his character um i would have been fine with them casting i wouldn't have cared sure. but um, my problems with that we can criticize the Iron Fist show have nothing to do with it being a white guy. You know, <laughs> there's a lot of other problems. And I don't, I don't hate Iron Fist. I just think it's not very good. It's mm-hmm. not like a complete turd or anything. But uh, the other stuff is so good. But I don't know. Yeah. I wonder if it would have been received better because I wonder if critics kind of teed off on it a little bit. Because yeah, although Fantastic Four reboot was garbage, um, but Michael B. Jordan being cast, I didn't care. Really. I was like, I think that's cool. Like, I think that's great. That yeah. makes sense. Like, they can be, you know, he's or whatever. Like. Uh, was it Kate Mara? Is that who it was? Mm-hmm. Yeah. She was like, what, the adopted sister or whatever? Mm-hmm. Like, they, they yeah. weren't, like, blood-related. But I'm like, that's cool. They you made, can do They that. made the story work, yeah. Sure. But to, like, your, to your point, though, about the business side of it, like, where you're – and we had, you know, it said, like, white is, is is generally more marketable than in a minority. I feel like this is this is where you, you, you come into a uh, – like, an impasse in the business. Because mm-hmm. some – 
for anything to change, people do need to start shifting, you know, and, and people may go, well, we'll lose, we'll lose money on our bottom line, mm-hmm. but someone has to be the first person to do that in order to change the pers- the perspective of you yeah, might, how do you break that cycle? Cause, cause until you start casting other, other races, you're not, you aren't going to bring up the value, the, the marketability of, sure. of those races. So like someone has to be the initial person to take the jump, maybe take an initial hit but then long term it's going to not only benefit your business but benefit an entire race of actors like it, i feel like marvel marvel's in that to i mean to a decent degree if you mm-hmm. look at just look at civil war the airport scene you had like different genders different mm-hmm. uh, races you had i mean i think marvel's doing a decent job if anything i don't want to rip on dc but dc's trying to they got the cyborg i don't know what i don't know what the magic number is like i guess with luke cage coming out and uh you know all these different shows. I feel like it is happening, at least in the comic book side of things. I feel like it, there, there's definitely a step in the right direction. There's definitely a lot more work that needs to be done in a lot of cases, um, especially because I know early on with Ghost in the Shell, they had released screenshots making Scarlett Johansson look more Japanese. Yeah, that's dumb. Which yeah, I was that's, like, that's dumb. no. I mean, yeah. not only are you now opening yourself up for the whitewashing discussion, but now you've just completely gone racist on this oh, yeah. and that, like oh, yeah. that that's yeah. a terrible idea it's like no 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 just at that point you've negated the fact like well we need just scotch your hands but ass in seats it's like well if you're gonna make her look japanese then get a japanese person. yeah exactly don't do that right right yeah <laughs> in that sort of regard so yeah i definitely think there's there's room for improvement um and i think that we are making some steps and i think it's also the the success of luke cage i think is also a really uh great thing to point out that People liked that show. It was yeah. poignant. It came out at a perfect time. Oh, yeah, it did. And there were very few white people in that show. And, of course, the assholes were like, yeah, what racism? Where's the white people? I'm like, it's fucking Harlem, dude. It's supposed to be right. about yeah. Harlem. It's, yeah. it's, it's not about the white people in that story. The, oh, well, you, the white people are bad people. I'm like, you butthurt and? That you, you butthurt that your racism <laughs> in every single movie out there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> A lot of the black people in that show were portrayed as like gang members or drug dealers, too. I thought like it was kind of taking shots at everybody. Yeah. I don't think it was... Holding back at all. I think it was, you know, it was, it was an attempt to kind of take a realistic The bad approach. guys of the show were black people. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I don't get that. So I, I think there's definitely some stuff that's that's working in the right direction. Um, but you had also mentioned something about uh, the PC culture. Oh, yeah. Associated with that sort of stuff. So tell us more about that. Well, I definitely think, especially in uh, education, we deal with this a lot. Um, it's a little better in the high school realm, but if you get up to, like, college level, some of the politically correctness stuff. And I, I am one of the most, you know, open-minded, accepting of people's beliefs, but I feel like we've gotten to the point where we are so politically correct. People just get mad. This is weird. We're like liberal guys and we're sitting here talking about this stuff. But I do feel like, and I think that ties into some of the stuff we've seen with some of our politics lately, is that people are kind of getting tired of the politically correctness stuff. So you mentioned that there's... But there's some- a fine line. I want to stress this. When I say that, I think some people hear that they want to be able to be offensive and rude to another human being. <laughs> right. And be like, well, you're politically correct. I'm just an asshole. You know, yeah. that's different than... You are going to be offended by some stuff. I mean, there are things that are going to make you uncomfortable. Um, there's probably somebody who watched Luke Cage and got super uncomfortable from that, and that's okay. It's okay to be, you know, awkward with that stuff. Like, I, there's a lot of movies about probably, uh, you know, gay people that I would be like, huh, I don't know if I really want to watch this, but I'm not going to be offended. You know, I'm not offended though. It just makes me uncomfortable. You're not I think gonna it's boycott it. It's, or no, no, You're not I'm not going to sign and take to the streets. Yeah, this is too gay, you know, or whatever. I'm like, you know, I'm not going to be like that. Pull back, throttle back on the gay guys. Yeah, you know, come on. And I'm like, you know, whatever. But I think that's okay to be uncomfortable sometimes. I yeah. think that's part of growing in society. It's when people get like ridiculously outraged and they protest stuff, and I'm like, I just feel like we have bigger stuff to fight about than 
Well, there's a difference between you can you can have your own feelings about something, but when you start to try to shove those feelings down everyone else's throat, that's when I feel like you get into that. That's when, and that's why that's where I have issues with some religious people too, is because I'm have your religious beliefs. I fully support it, and I think it's fantastic that you put yourself behind something like that. But the minute you try to make me feel the same way, we're done. I think what I'm getting, I think we're starting to do that though. Let's be honest, we're a little more liberal guys. I think we have done that to a degree. That I think it's starting to piss people off, and it's kind of. Oh, I, I don't want to delve into politics too much on this, but I think that affected a lot of the election stuff this year. Is that we do come across as snooty, arrogant assholes. Well, that's we a fair to, point. We yeah. do um, because we're always like, you know, I'm more educated than you, and we do. And whether I don't think that's what I'm we, more forward thinking. Yeah, and no, I don't think yeah. that's what we we think when we say that, but I think it comes across as we we sound like douchebags. Mm-hmm. And I think um, when we start protesting ridiculous stuff, you know, politically correct things, I think it just hurts our. Overall goal of we just want people to not be assholes to each other. Because, yeah, I think it comes it originally started and came from a place of good intentions of like, hey, look, don't say the N-word. Hey, yep. you know, just, you know. Equal rights for all. Yeah, how do you want to be Everyone referred to and stuff like whatever, that. But, yeah. you know, there's plenty of comedians that have come out. I think we've talked about this before. Like, they go to college campuses and they tell jokes and people are like, I'm offended by that. And the comedians are like, go fuck yourself. Like, these are jokes. You know, like right. if you if you're offended by this, and Joe Rogan, I listen to his podcast a lot. You know, he's always talking about how kids at that age, they're 19, 18, 9 years, 19 years old, they're just trying to figure their shit out. You know, and from his perspective, he's like, they don't know what to be offended or what it is. They hear people saying that this isn't right, but they don't understand it. They're just like saying, "Hey, that's offensive." Right? Like, why is it offensive? You know, it's P- it's PC for the sake of being PC. Exactly. It's not you're you know, are you truly offended by this? Or are you just saying, feel like that's wrong, so it's wrong. Yeah, because for me, when it comes to comedy, I'm like, look, if it's a good joke, hey, it's a good joke. Right. I don't care what it's about. It's a good joke. Well, if it's a bad joke, you're in trouble because you're taking it to a topic that's tricky. Right. Like uh, Katie Rich and the whole thing with uh, Bannon Trump, that the t- the Twitter thing. Mm-hmm. You know that she said like, you know, he's he's going to be the first homeschooled shooter, like or whatever school shooter. Bad I never, joke. I never, I never heard of this. You didn't hear about this? Mm-hmm. She's a writer on SNL, and she tweeted out like shortly after the election that. Uh, uh, Bannon Trump was going to be Baron. the Baron, whatever. Steve Bannon. Is <laughs> Steve Steve Bannon, Baron Trump. Uh, Baron Trump that was. Kid always looks so sad in pictures. He that, does. That, yeah. was, that was the joke was that he was going to be the first homeschooled. Uh, His life's know, probably so shooter. messed up right now. Yeah. And everyone was like decrying and saying, "Yeah, you it's not a good joke. You shouldn't. Go, it's not a good joke because no. you have to dig into it to find the joke." Yeah, I mean, if you want to, if you want to come at Trump, come at Trump. Yeah. Don't. Come at his ten-year-old son, who is probably in the most awkward position. Oh, yeah. Any ten-year-old, everyone hates your dad. You all of a sudden are shoved even more into the. You're on the global stage now, yep. not just like a reality show. It stage. was already pretty weird for him, and now it's like super weird. Yeah, so yeah. I, I feel like imagine again, like we talk about going through a junior high and going through puberty, mm-hmm. and not going through how, that. Yeah, how yeah. do I walk? You know, like and now you're just like you're the son of one of the most hated men yeah, in the I'm world. In fifth and, grade. Yeah. <laughs> And you have and he, to deal yeah. with this shit. He just I, wants to go home playing his PlayStation, right? You know? Yeah, like he, there's nothing inherently evil about this kid. Like, sure. so you don't attack him; you attack the father. So, so again, and, and if the joke had been awesome, I don't know how you make that joke awesome, right? But it, it, had it been amazing, I was still. It's not a Twitter joke. Yeah, it's a joke that you take your time and flesh out on stage. If you want to do that, you yes. tell a story around it's it. It's Void of any tone. Right. I'm, I'm just usually not a big fan of going after politicians' kids. I'm just not. Yeah, yeah. you don't know. I, I don't care which side. And again, you, yeah. that's yeah, an extreme example, but that's a point of like that's a joke. Someone tossed out there it failed and you just she got burned for it she got suspended indefinitely because of it Mm -hmm. and i'm like but you know i've heard plenty of jokes where i'm like oh and i start (laughs) laughing because i'm like that's an awesome joke and like the whole louis ck has the whole but maybe 
section in one of his stand-ups where he says, you know, I have these thoughts, and he talks about how it's a terrible thought, and of course not. But maybe, you know, <laughs> and, yeah. And so, and but in, and he, but he does it in a way where he pulls you in and makes you comfortable enough to go. Okay, you don't actually think these things, but these are funny. Like he, he makes it work. And that's the thing too. I feel like there has to be this sort of understanding that if you're going to see a co- comedic show, if people are laughing and you're offended, you absorb that, but you don't stand up and be like, "I'm offended." It's your whatever, dude. Like if it's a dead silent room, okay, you failed as a comedian. Right. No one's laughing. Right. Go back and rework on your shit. But if you're if you're in the twenty five percent of the room that's not laughing and seventy five percent is, like you just you know it's a situation where maybe that makes you feel uncomfortable. Maybe you take a look at that. Yeah. You know, I, the reason I I worry about this PC stuff is I feel like it distracts us from the stuff we really should be debating. Sure. I mean, like that's a really good point. Um, because we spend all this time fighting about like you know the whitewashing stuff, but but more when we talk. Like I'll, I'll give you an example. This will piss off a lot of liberal people. Like Islamic terrorism. Like no one wants to use that phrase if you're on the left side of things. And I'm like, why do you spend all your time fighting that battle? Like what? All you're gonna do is piss people off, and they're not gonna listen to you. Go ahead and say that phrase if it makes sense. Don't say, you know, if Joe Sixpack down the street does it. Islamic terrorist. No, that's Joe Sixpack. But you can use that and use that classification. And then let's fight about the stuff we really care about. Like, for me, I'm really passionate about education. I'm really proud of opportunities for kids. I really want kids to be able to have jobs. I like to reform the education system. But I can't have that conversation with somebody who disagrees with me. Because I come across as an elitist douchebag uh-huh. if I'm like, you shouldn't use that language. <laughs> it offends me. You know? And then they're like, yeah, fuck this guy. You know? And that's what yeah. happens. And I feel like... Politically, that's kind of what's happened is we have these we have these fights about things that don't really matter. People yeah. are never going to agree on everything, and they're going to be offended by different stuff. Let's fight about the stuff that really matters. Like, what should we spend our money on? Like, foreign policy. I mean, we got all this stuff going on overseas right yeah. now. You know, and people are going to protest the Oscars or some stupid crap like that. I'm like, guys, you look like dumbasses when you do yeah. that. So, and I'm not saying this stuff's not important. Uh, I just feel like that's distracted a lot of people from realizing we have bigger issues to fight about. Well, there's always I been will, distractions with that sort of stuff. Go ahead, Justin. No, sorry. but I will say, I mean, uh, to, the, to the boycott and the Oscars thing, I, I feel like because where where do you where do you draw the line between the global fight and your personal fights? Because every you you can, you can I don't think it's wrong to have your personal causes either, though. You know what I mean? Like if you if if you know you're an African American, you're boycotting the Oscars. Like there is something you're inherently like, you're very you're upset about something and. It may not be something that, on a global scale, uh, you know, it's not affecting. It's not like our na- where are we putting our money? You're suggesting that's, that's like more that. of a front of the battle for tolerance. It, it was, yeah, but it's it's more of a personal fight than like there's there there's things as as a, as a larger population that we need to take on. Then there's personal things that people may may feel that they need to take on themselves. So I feel like there's it's a weird blurred line where you know your personal where you where you can actually fight your own fights before you start to go into that why are we like it's semantics what do you you know we're you're saying islamic terrorist i'm saying this you know and that's how i view it i view it as totally semantics but people you know with all the fake news out there and all the the way we're at culturally right now where it's like all or nothing one way or the other i feel like i'm just trying to think of ways that we can have conversations with people that we don't get along with and actually have real conversations i'm realistic i don't think you're going to change somebody's mind um I'm definitely. You've said that for years. You're just not. You're not a, at a certain point, you're like, yeah, we're locked in. Yeah. We're not going to change. And males, once again, this is males lock in. Like by 23, they're set. Like, yeah. I ain't going to change. I'm a guy. You know. 
But at the same time, we've got to be able to have conversation with each other or you're going to have this these massive swings back and forth like we've had and everyone's just yeah. pissed all the time. It's just you, political gridlock. Do you yeah. feel like that's become more of a problem now? Like, oh, yeah. People like I, I not can, communicating uh, than oh, in the you guys, past? I've talked to you guys about shallow knowledge. Have I talked about it in the podcast before? I don't shallow so. knowledge? I deal with this a lot as a Shadow piece. knowledge. Shadow knowledge. Shadow. No, shallow. Shallow, so, <laughs> shadow knowledge sounds the awesome. The shadow knowledge is out there. Um, no. <laughs> shallow, shallow is like... Um, Let's say you picked a topic for this podcast. Pick something ridiculous. That's not going to get me fired. Unicorns. So I'm like, I don't know anything about unicorns because I'm a male. I'm a man. So anyways, I go on a Wikipedia page, read about unicorns, show up on the podcast, and present myself as an expert on unicorns. But I have very shallow knowledge. Now, Justin That's the here, basis of our podcast. <laughs> shallow knowledge with Doug and Justin. You know. Mind gap in parentheses, shadow, shadow knowledge. Shadow knowledge. Um but, you know, I think that that um, – I meet so many people that – and I, once again, I sound like a douche, but I met a person uh, a couple months ago that was trying to just rip apart the education system. And I'm, like, trying to get details out of him. Like, well, what do you mean our system's failing? We're doing really well. Graduation rates are really high. And I think like, I've seen this – I saw this happen online. I'm pretty sure I was like, they're legit questions. And they're like, well, I, I read an article somewhere on some site that said education was failing. I'm like, yeah, but that's one article. And you just totally, like, crapped over my profession. I'm like, shouldn't you have done a little more research? People don't have to do that anymore. You know, Ghost in the Shell, you can go to the Wikipedia page and get the general premise of the, of the movie and stuff. So people live off shallow knowledge, and they feel like they can go toe to somebody who has more. And he sound, it's again, that's where I sound like a douche because I made that lady mad at me, and I tried not to. I tried really hard to be You were respectful. very pleasant. I was because I wanted to be like, you're an idiot. But, I mean, <laughs> she's a taxpayer, and she, she, it's her kids going to school, so I do, she has an opinion that's valid, but I'm like, you don't know anything about my job or what we do. You just read one article on the internet and you have this shallow knowledge about it and think that you can. And it's just, that's, that's the stuff I feel like if we fight about the PC stuff, we fight about things that don't matter. I'm really worried about how do I get past that? How do I have a conversation with somebody who's not interested in getting to deeper knowledge about a topic? Well, not only that, I mean, you also got to take into it, you know, our good friend Matt Hanley from, you know, mm -hmm. back in the day, he's an immigration lawyer. And I see him post. He's an expert. Like, like by is, definition, he's an expert in immigration law. He's an he expert does. in what he does. Mm -hmm. And I love it because he's constantly and in a very professional and neutral way describing when something comes out, he gives his, his perspective on it. Or people will be like, Matt. They'll tag him and be like, Matt, can you explain this to me? And he will provide his. his there's really always that guy who hops on there. He's like, <laughs> you're wrong. I there watched was one guy Info in particular. Wars. <laughs> watched Info, Info Wars. And it's not what Jones said. And he, the reptile people are coming, you know. So. And I asked him, I go, how do you put up with this guy? He goes, he enjoys I it. Him. I blocked this guy we're talking about. I can't, he, I, he doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> he enjoys it. Matt enjoys it because he's a lawyer and he just will keep him on task. He's like, nope, you're, you're deviating from your original point. I'm waiting for you. He gets really snarky. He's like. Still waiting for you to point this out. He, he sends him a link. He yeah. goes, if you read this page, it'll give you the answers that you look for. And the, he goes, well, blah, blah, blah. He goes, nope, you missed it. He goes, blah, blah, nope, you missed it. He goes, okay, I'll spell it out for you now. Right here is what it said. La, da, 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 because he's very he, – he's always been – he's been very interested in politics, I think, in general. But now that he's an immigration lawyer, like – this whatever's happening immigration wise, that's why I relate. I say when you come into Chicago, you have to be on our podcast. Oh, he'd be I wanna, phenomenal. I want to yeah. talk to you about phenomenal. this, dude. That'd be awesome. But he's an expert in his field, and I learned so much from his perspective because I don't know fucking shit about the law, especially immigration, right? And the shit that he names as far as like the paperwork forms, the five zero nine eight three C's <laughs> that you have to fill out or wherever the fuck they are, like. He knows exactly what it's like because he's there. And it's the same thing with you. If someone's like, well, we got to do this with the education system. It's like, would you like to get my opinion? I always ask I why. I, I always it. ask why because I'm always fascinated because I feel like we are doing the best we can. 
um, with what we have. And I'm actually pretty proud of what we do to school. And then I'll hear somebody be like, school sucks. I'm like, really? Like, like how so? I mean, we're graduating more kids than we've ever graduated. Um, you know, and they'll be like, but, but, and they'll read some article. And I think it's more, and I'm going to get conspiracy theory here, more of a concerted effort by a certain segment of our, of our country that wants to privatize everything. Sure. Um, they want to privatize schools because there's a lot of money to be made. Can you imagine if the education budget was going to well, Justin Corp? Well, dude, oh, they, yeah. Yeah. they privatized jails, and look how profitable yeah. that shit and, and is. So yeah. I, I don't want, I, and obviously I'm biased, but I don't ever want a system where there's a profit margin. When you're trying Shit, to sell no, kids, that absolutely. Would How would something like that work? I, we always talk about privatizing schools. Can you, do you know like what they that do would it in Florida quite a bit? Um, they they start out with school vouchers, um, and they give you the option to choose where to go. That's the key part. If you give people the option where to go to school, this whole process starts rolling really fast. Because what's going to happen is if Doug and I have wealthy parents, we're going to go to whatever school is the best for our kids. Yeah. If Justin, um, and I'm, you're always the bad example, I feel bad. But let's say Justin is a single dad, doesn't have the money, he can't you know, get someone to get his kid to school. He's just going to go whatever's easiest for him with his lifestyle. Well, take a whole school of Justin kids, and then all of a sudden, Doug and I's kids. It, over time, where do you think the good teachers are going to go? Right. The rich and wealthy school. Yeah. So what's going to happen to the test scores and the accountability for Justin's school? I was going to say with the no kid left, the child left behind they and all just, that other shit. Eventually, yeah. Justin's school gets hammered, and they start getting people fired. Nobody wants to work there. And, it just, and that actually makes their argument, see, we need to have more vouchers because that school sucks. And that, well, that's and he, when I bring Michelle Pfeiffer in and she saves my school. Yeah, and that's that's kind of what you see happening. I th- I'm worried that it might happen in Missouri. But um, it, at the end of the day, and I, I went to this conference. I hate teacher conferences. They're so boring. But they had a conference with this guy. He used to be really for um, privatizing schools and all that stuff. And then this one lady uh, had told him, she's like, you know, it's like you have an ice cream store. What are you going to do? And the guy said, well, I'm going to buy the best ingredients. I'm going to go research it, buy the best stuff, make the best ice cream. She goes, well, what if you just got whatever ingredients got delivered to you on the day that you had to work? And he's like, I don't know what I'd do. She goes, that's public schools. We get <laughs> whatever great. kids walks through the door, and we have no choice. We still, but you expect us to make the best ice cream possible. He goes, that's the difference. And he goes, that changed me because I thought about it. Like, I can't choose how many special ed kids. I can't choose the income level of the kids in my class. I just do the best I can. And I think that's valuable. And I think if you start getting to be like, well, no, bad kids go to this school. What do you think is to have those bad kids when they graduate? They're going to be bad kids because mm-hmm. that's just the way it is. Expectations, man. Well, there's also something you kind of brought up with Jill and I the other day about you know just the general psycho- psychological makeup of a school, how people feel safe. Mm-hmm. You mind talking about you know talking about that? <laughs> no one's going to find it. Um, I had to do my thesis. I did over school safety. Um, props to Officer Brock. He's obviously Officer Brock. Like, Hashtag knows. Officer Brock knows. <laughs> yeah, he uh, he helped me out a lot on this. Um, but they found a lot of research that no matter how safe you make a school, what really matters the most is perception. And that goes back to what we originally talked about, if you perceive your boss not being an idiot. Um, and so if kids feel like their school is safe, they'll show up more. They'll get better grades. They'll have better relationships. If they don't feel safe, even if you have the T-1000 guarding the front door, you know, <laughs> you know, and, and Brock's got, like, double machine guns, and he's got... you got the robot binary, you know, bi-legged yeah. thing, which is the worst right. machine ever made because stairs defeat it, yeah. but whatever. It's like... Brock, Brock looks like RoboCop. At this point, <laughs> you know? He's like, protect and serve. You know? <laughs> Even if they do that, if kids feel like the school is unsafe, they will, it'll affect them. Absolutely. So rea- and, and I wrote about this in my thesis. Reality doesn't matter as much as perception. It really doesn't. Um, and so if you take a kid and dump him into a school for bad kids, quote-unquote, he's going to perceive himself as a bad kid, and he's going to act that way. This Would you say perception becomes reality? It does. It does, and they've done a lot of research. That's what matters the most. Mm-hmm. And it's the same in the class, same in anything you do in life. If you feel like, if you perceive that the person you work for, you work with, cares about you, it's going to change how you act. And um, I think that stuff, the privatization stuff, maybe comes from a good place. I would also argue it comes from a, we want to make money, but that's going to mess up everybody's perception. Kids are going to feel like they're getting 
class, basically. Like, oh, poor kids go here. And that still happens anyways, but at least we have one equalizer left in our country. That's Which public is education. education. That's the one thing. You all get the same education. You get the same stuff. Can we do better? Obviously, we should. But at least out the gates, like, hey, the tutorial was the same for everybody. Sure. Good luck. You know. Well, yeah, I mean, you talk about that, you know, uh, perception of Chicago. is It's a war. Oh, now. yeah. We Doug and I talk about this. Like, everybody that's like, oh, you're going to Chicago? Yeah. And I even had somebody send me a text, and I know they were joking, like, don't get mugged. And I'm like, I've never had any problems in Chicago. Right. You know? That's such an interesting – I mean, that is – the public perception has been drilled so hard in that that is that well, is what now – Well, it's become the, the – the, the point it's like how many how many deaths did Chicago have this year? Right, like, right. like that's like the, how they rate gun violence. Yeah, and stuff is like well, well, how many people died this month in Chicago? Yeah, what, it should be more con- of a conversation about poverty because poverty is one of the greatest indicators of violence. Sure. that should lead. Of course, it doesn't lead to a bigger conversation of no. Why are these people doing this? It's, yeah, but it absolutely. Should, I mean, that should be the jumping off point for talking about if you want to make real change, then you address like again, it's it's treating. Treating the cause instead of treating the symptom. Yeah, you're treating the cause. You got to go down and figure out, drill down. What is where is the root of this of the of the violence issue? And let's start to let's start to heal that. Let's start to change that. Mm-hmm. I had multiple people think how uh, that were actually kind of. And like I said, they're probably joking. But they're like, oh, going to Chicago. I'm like, I go there all the time. It's like <laughs> one of my favorite cities. Right. I've, I even went in. Uh, we went was... out in public with this kid <laughs> to the park. Right. <laughs> I can't tell you every time I talk to someone who yeah who lives either uh, you know either in the Quad Cities or in you know Whiting or where my wife's from or any small town. Your wife's from Whitey. From from Whiting. The rivals are Cooter. <laughs> <laughs> the Cooter and Whitey football games are epic. <laughs> Go Whitey, go Cooter, awesome. Whitey Cooter. <laughs> uh, Sorry, no, they, uh, that may be the title of our episode. Whitey Cooter. <laughs> we get some new listeners. <laughs> What's this? We're talking about. Oh, we, uh, we're, never mind. We're not talking <laughs> about anything like this at all. No, yeah. I was no. going to bring up the Taint Talk from earlier. Right, yeah. <laughs> this podcast is awesome. This is TED Talks. T T W D D. I'm extremely Taint racist. With Doug and Dave. I'm extremely racist, and I like taints. This is a podcast. <laughs> I'm very specific about what genitalia should look like. <laughs> this is for me. <laughs> Dialed in. You really drill down and get into the meat and potatoes of what I what I want to I'm know really about. I'm really sad tanks. that you just said meat and potatoes in reference. I'm to not. There's that was purposeful, Doug. Um, the veal and potatoes. That's if right. You will. Yeah. The, Sorry uh, about that. the Don't roast beef and potatoes. Mm, sorry. Um, <laughs> but no, they have the same. <laughs> They have the same feeling about you know Chicago is that you know how do you how do you live there it's it's either so expensive or it's impossible to get from place to place or the traffic or the people or the violence and I'm like it's not that bad actually if you look at the violence St Louis is like the first or second most violent city and yet I have Missourians like oh you're going to Chicago I'm like <laughs> I just went to St Louis you guys should be worried about me <laughs> they have like the like usually like the top three murder rate in the country but I still go to St Louis yeah. Um, it's all about the areas. I mean, there there have been instances that have happened in our neighborhood, but it's few and far between compared to some of the more you know poverty stricken areas. Right. You know? Well, and the thing is, though, you if you keep just keep your eyes open, don't be an idiot. You know, don't walk down alleys in the middle of the night. Don't go flashing a wad of cash around. Don't. I'm just, a teacher. I'm not. A, I can't do that. It's not possible. You don't have a wad of cash. Lunch, yeah. lunch account. <laughs> My lunch account's paid off. That's all I got. You guys like this prepaid card? Yeah. <laughs> I remember when I worked at the hotel, people would always just be like, "Is this a safe neighborhood?" And I'm like, I always sometimes I want to be like, of course I'm going to say yes, right? Like, what am I going to say? No. You want the truth? That's like that's <laughs> I barely made it here today. It's like some people are like, you're giving me a nice room, right? I want to be like, no. Like, what do you? Of course I'm going to tell you yes. You know, I'm going to give you the, right. that answer. 
But like I would always say, I'm like, look, this is a nice neighborhood. But I go, as with anywhere else in the world, I go, you just have to be aware of your surroundings. Yeah. I was like, keep your head up. There's, your, yeah. You will run into homeless people. You run into some shady folks. I go, it happens. I go, but this in generally is a nice place to, to live yeah. and to be. But it's the world. So just be aware. Like the community I live in is a really nice community. And we have almost no crime. I mean, but there is some. I and mean, you got drugs sure. and stuff. But it has a perception, once again, of being a really safe area. So people want to live there. And all that different stuff. But yeah, like I said, you bring up St. Louis, you're like, Ugh. or you bring up Chicago, they're like, oh my God, like I'm not going to make or it. Or Detroit, you know, Detroit. Yeah, Detroit deserves it. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, Detroit's actually gotten a lot better too. But I don't know, it's just weird to me. Like I, like I said, crime's crime. And maybe we've been lucky. Um, we just haven't. But I mean, yeah, knock wood. Yeah. Um, I think the closest we ever had was, remember we were up in, was it Minnesota that one time as kids? Remember that? It was at the arcade, and those kids took all our money. Yeah. Well, they didn't take our money, but he was bullying us. He was basically saying he wanted to play the game that we were playing, and he was fucking with us while we were playing it. And he, so, like, he was making our guy jump, so we, we got killed, and so then he took over, and he wanted to play the game. And uh, and then we, like, did, we kind of backed away. He's like, well, you guys aren't going to watch me? So I remember... You're not going to watch me? So Dave, like, pushed him over. He fell over. Like, his Dave, Dave and I were like, this fucking sucks. Yeah. And we kind of, like, connected... And he was, Dave was like, I don't know if you punched him or pushed him. He fell over. I knew that I'm, much. I was pretty violent sometimes. <laughs> he was like, rah! And he left. And then like on his way, I was like, I didn't do anything. I'm like, I've got to contribute. So I turned off the lights and shut the door. I remember that. I remember that now, yeah. <laughs> you showed him. I remember he got up and he like turned on the light and he was like, what the fuck was that? I'm like, pissed off the Cochran Brothers, man. <laughs> He's like, yeah, I'll turn off the lights on you. <laughs> Literally, you I will turn off, off the, the lights. Cochran Brothers. One of them punched me. The other one turned out the lights and shut the door. <laughs> he remembered the darkness, though. Yeah, he remembered right. the darkness. I was born in the darkness. <laughs> Molded by it. <laughs> God, don't bring pain. But no, I, I don't know. I guess even even I found myself like, paying attention to the Chicago stats and stuff yeah. like that. And uh like I said, we went to the park yesterday. Nobody tried to mug us, nope. and uh, we were fine. I had a good time. Yeah, I mean, it's it's just one of those things where, you know, you can find danger. I'm sure if we went to the park at night at, like, 2 in the morning, we had a bunch of money on us, and we'd probably be in trouble. I mean, the park closes at 11, Dave, so you shouldn't be there. Right, you would be in trouble. You would get your wrist slapped by an officer. Segway, segway, cop. Right? <laughs> hey, 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 hey. I totally, I have tried so hard to convince the admins to buy a Segway for Brock. <laughs> Um, he's super insecure about his fitness. Um, he's fine. I mean, he thinks he, he's not fine. I'm not saying that, but he's fine. He's you can normal. Say that. That's he's, fine. he's a normal guy in his 30s, but he he, want, he wants to be in like his, his young 20s. So I want to get. Is him he next year, Dave? Is he? Yes, he is. He's neck. He won't know what we're talking about. Um, Justin doesn't know what we're talking about. Either. So I yeah. yesterday I was walking in. I saw so many dudes that were like jogging or walking that I could not describe to the cops if I had to. He goes. He goes. He goes Dave. He asked Jill, he goes, Jill, have you noticed there's just so many, like, average Joes here? Yeah. Like, guys that I can't tell if they're in their 20s or their 30s. They just look in so... In Chicago? Just so yeah. plain. That if you told me to describe them, he goes, I don't know what I would they tell. They had, like, boring haircuts, <laughs> and they didn't have any distinguishing features. Right, right. And, like, they kind of weren't in bad shape, but they weren't in good shape either. And they had, like, I don't know, they wore, like, boring clothes and stuff. <laughs> he and just, he, when we were walking with Natalie, he nudges, he goes, Jill, Jill, look, average Joe. Average Joe. Yeah. And so Jill just start calling them extras, like they're the extras in the movies. <laughs> and whenever so, they leave, I'd be like, describe one of the things about them. She'd be like, I, I don't know. I'm like, exactly. I was like, right, I was like yeah. he had glasses. Uh, yeah, I might have shopped at Banana Republic. Dave, I don't know. Dave yeah. was like, white guy. I go, you think he was white? He goes, I don't know. <laughs> I like, can't remember. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> yeah. He had skin and but, but, eyes and teeth. I don't know. But I want to get a segue. I tried to convince the principals for Brock so he'd become an average Joe. I think it'd be hilarious. I would think it'd be great to see him patrol around the hallways. Just well, I think it'd be required he have to wear a helmet, right, for safety reasons. <laughs> so he's like, "Hey, sir, 
I'm going to check your locker. Beep, beep, you know, Maybe some awful. elbow pads just to be sure. <laughs> oh, like, my God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I was telling everybody before the show. We that, need to get, uh, like, he, if he's going to get a helmet, it needs to be, like, one with, like, a visor that comes oh. down. It should be the RoboCop. Hard the slow motor. Oh, yes. But he, uh, they may, they won't let him grow facial hair anymore, and he's been really depressed about it. Can I? I would like to start a new hashtag, mm-hmm. um, and I would like uh, everyone to tag the uh, the police department in the city. What is the city? Jackson. Jackson in Jackson, Missouri. Missouri. I'd like everyone to tag the police department and use hashtag bring back Brock's beard. <laughs> Hashtag bring back Brock's beard. All right? I think it's fair. We he need rocked, to start a campaign. He rocks a good beard, and he's just depressed all the from time. One, from a room full of three bearded men, yep. We, yep. we support I, I fully, Officer Brock's but beard. But what was that decision? I can feel I wonder, that like, pain. They, you know, they got all this cop stuff going, like, we can't have beards. Why? It's, in, it's impacting law enforcement. I mean, <laughs> How is that impacting I don't know. I don't know. I mean, a good a cop with a good stash, that's a true cop that right is there. A, that yeah. is like what a cop yeah. is, in my mind, is a cop with a stash. Well, my dad, so my dad was a firefighter, and... Uh, I never they, knew that. He actually was. Yeah, for 35 years, I think. So for uh, for safety purposes, they weren't allowed to have any, any facial hair that broke the corners of the mouth. Because they needed to get a good seal on the mask. Oh, that makes, makes sense. sense. So yeah, for yeah. them, it makes sense why you can't have a beard or a long mustache or a goatee or anything. You can have a mustache as long as it doesn't break the corners of the mouth. For a cop, I've, I don't know why. I've gone scuba diving and snorkeling with this. It sucks. There's water that constantly gets into your goggles. There you go. So yeah. I, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. So, but I want to know. I want to know, Jackson, they were Missouri, they were Police like, Department, like, April why? 1st, no more beards. And I was I'm like, like, is that an April Fool's joke? Or no, no. no. And he was I, so that depre- one, I would have just laughed at my He looked so depressed walking around the school. He was like clean shaven every day. Because he had I a good beard. I would hate beard. that. I would hate shaving. I look like Gru if I don't have a beard. I do. I do. And then I, you know, I like you took a thumb and you took an ink pen and you just draw a smiley face. That's what I look like. I have no, I have no distinguishing. You look like one punch man. I look like one punch man. I do. And I just, I, don't know, I just like the beard too. And it's also why I was dug in to hide the fact that we're out of shape. Yeah. Because I'm going to just grow the beard down a little bit, hide that extra chin. I was yeah. always interested This in, gives in me a jawline. I have Yeah, I know. That's what I have to do too. I always, ever since I was a kid with dad having a beard, I was like, I always want to have a beard when I grow up. And I just, that's what I aim to do. That was my goal. And guys, yeah. I, I won. I won life. You won. He, you hit your childhood goal. I hit my goal. You can, you're done, done now. I'm yeah. done. You got your I've little got, Hitler stash, and you're good. And <laughs> I got a minivan. I've got a Hitler stash. Oh, my God. Life is good. Yeah, you didn't get a chance to ride in it. I wanna, you you want to ride my minivan? It's a Honda Odyssey. <laughs> What's your Odyssey? I'm going to have to buy a new car soon. I'm not buying a minivan, though. Why, Dave? I mean, what's wrong with your As car? a single male with a minivan, does that not scream creeper? Has uh, has anyone recently ridden in your car? You know, like anyone of note that you're trying to, you know, like has, has an administrator ridden in your car? Like, oh, that's cool. never going to happen. I you meant like a like a like a celebrity. I'm like, well, like Ryan Gosling. On the air, on the air, I will never explain what happened to my car. <laughs> but the top of my car, the console, I can't do it. I'll never, I'll lose my job. But let's just say it got forcibly ripped at the top. <laughs> And so it's hanging down by the wire. Justin's trying to swallow his water right now. Did I tell Justin this story? No, I don't think you have. No, I'll tell him after the air. <laughs> For real, this can never get done. So, so it got forcibly removed by an individual. And so it's hanging by these like wires. And I can't, it's, the, it's all the wiring. And I've went to junkyards and car places. Like, I don't know what to tell you. Like, I don't know what to do. So it just hangs. And I can see out of like half of my rear view. So I'm driving. I'm like, hey, you know, I have no lean. But yeah, if I ever have to take like a girl in my car, I'm gonna be like, you just have to let it go. I'm sorry. There's duct tape. <laughs> like, Look, I can't explain this to you. I cannot <laughs> explain to you what happened because you'll judge me. So well, I well, it was funny because the first time you came to visit me, we parked in Justin's garage. I wanted to be like, when you get to pick it up, 
go in and be like, what'd you guys do to my car? You broke my what? car, you bastards. <laughs> what is that? I'm going to need a full payment back on this. What's uh, what's going on here? Well, it's a Ford car, so I even sent pictures to Rob, who works for Ford. He's like, I don't have to tell you, man. That's jacked up. <laughs> even Ford goes, yeah, I don't know. Sorry, buddy. Well, Sorry, guys. Get a new hashtag new car. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I think that's what I'm going to have to do. But I... I like I can't uh, if I want to do like the the sunroof, I have to like push that up, and it's just all bad. But yeah, if I ever have to put a girl in the car, they're like that's gonna be. Like, it, I don't have to come up with a good story for what happened. You know what story you could come up with? A throwdown story. Yeah. Long time ago, mm-hmm. in the galaxy far, far away, mm-hmm. there was a throwdown. Yeah. The end. Have you, yeah. guys, have you guys stopped doing these? No. Oh, okay. Never. He just gets equally as excited on episode 88 that he did on episode is that what one. Up, is that what you're up to? That's yeah. what this will be. Yeah. Holy crap. Part of episode 88. You're part of history right now. What are you going to do for your 100th episode? Naked. Yeah. Do it naked. Yep. Do it naked. Live. Naked. We'll do it live. We'll do it naked and live. <laughs> um, so today's throwdown, uh, I think... Um, Good luck, Justin. No, it's not good luck. I think I got a good one today. All right. So today we're going to pit one Mr. John McClain mm-hmm. up against one Mr. Officer Brock. Did you say John McCain? John McCain. Because <laughs> I, think Brock, a, I, think, I think Brock can take McCain. <laughs> Actually, fuck what I said. I want to do this. <laughs> John McClain, diehard guy. Versus John Brock. McClain versus Officer Brock. Oh I already have my winner. Okay. David, okay, what's this? What's pay well, the, I, I got to do the stats for Brock. So he, uh, <laughs> you guys have seen the pictures of him, right? I sent you the, the memes with mm-hmm. him. Uh, he is, uh, as far as I can tell, uh, he's pretty good with guns. He's really good at such. He actually has a lot of the same John McClane traits. Like Brock, like has memorized the layout of the school, and like he, if you ever came in, he's going to shoot you type stuff. <laughs> I can see, I can see Brock in the air ducts. You know what I mean? <laughs> But he's not as intimidating without his beard, though. You know what I mean? Uh, he's just got clean shave and go through the dock. But I feel, like, I feel like if he's facing John McClane at that point, something has happened, and he's just gone, fuck it, I'm growing my beard back. <laughs> it just grows back in like 30 minutes. Right? I'm Officer Brock, and I'm pissed. So. You, know, you know how McClane's uh, tank top changed colors? Brock just grew a beard that <laughs> quick. Yeah, exactly. All right, so let's set the stage Where's here. it at? Let's, Where let's, are we fighting at? I'm assuming we're it's, at, at the school. It's got to I mean, be at the school. Brock. It's, Brock wins because he knows the school. It's down done. Home turf advantage. Home turf advantage. Yeah. He knows yeah. the Dude, school. Dude, he's got mirrors in the hallway so we can okay. see. And so he we like, got to find like a neutral territory, like the Jackson Mall. There is no Jackson Mall. There is now. There is a Cape Girardeau Mall. There There's is a Cape nobody Girardeau goes Mall. There. Well, these so two it's do. abandoned. It's abandoned. Abandoned mall between. Ooh. See, John McClain's going in there because he found out some sweet hot lead that there was uh, something, some terrorist stuff. So he's he's trying to take down a terrorist drug dealer. That's what he's trying to do. And Brock is too. <laughs> and they show up, but they, there's a miscommunication. Yes, they think that the each person thinks the other person might be the drug dealer because they're both undercover at this point. Exactly, none of them have neither of them have a uniform on. Exactly, Brock. I gotta so, go with Brock. Okay, man. why? Why has it gotta be Brock? Um, how do I explain it? I've just uh, he's so calm under pressure, and he handles. I feel like this is like a love letter to freaking Brock. Do it, dear um, Brock. Um, I'm going to put music under this part. <laughs> I appreciate all you do. Um, he just just is a professional. He's extremely professional. His attention to detail. Uh, like I said, he's got the whole school memorized. He's got the layout. He knows exactly all that stuff. And I feel like he would be like that if he approached. But what's weird, though, is Brock's not the natural. Like, he's not the stereotypical cop. He de-escalates stuff a lot. So I imagine they wouldn't even have a throwdown. He would actually talk McLean down. 
And then like, hey, just come with me. I'm going to arrest you. And it's going to be all right. Because I've seen Brock do that. He can like, he's so calm and collected. And he doesn't come across as like a douchebag cop. See, I feel like those Jedi mind tricks work on non-cops. I don't think that would work on John McClane. I don't know. You haven't seen Brock in action, man. Because McClane. If that dude wasn't married, that dude would get some chicks. Because <laughs> McClane, you know, he knows those officer tricks. We know he knows how to identify. Yeah, he's a rebel. Doesn't follow the Well, that's true. He doesn't follow the rules. Doesn't yeah. follow the rules. But he also plays, I feel like he plays on tilt. Yeah. But then he pulls himself back in, so he he could be put on tilt again. He gets emotional from time to time. He does, but they usually work to his advantage when that happens. That's true too. That's true. I'm gonna fucking cook you. I'm gonna eat you for dinner. As he's punching someone in the throat, you know. I don't think he's ever said that. Before. He did. He, he, that's what he I says. Was trying to recall that's that. Die Hard. He's fighting uh, the big blonde blonde dude. He never says I'm gonna eat you for dinner. He says something like that. He's I'm gonna fucking cook you. I'm gonna fucking eat you. Maybe he doesn't say for dinner, but he says he's gonna cook him and eat him. That's the, that that is punching. the weirdest taunt I've ever heard. In the he's he's of a doing fight. it as he's like punching the shit out of him. Like he's pretty <laughs> intense. When I say it out of context, it probably sounds really dumb. Die Hard. Die Hard is a perfect movie, man. I love yeah, that movie. It's really good. I gotta go with is Brock. There, is my, there a, my boy? Is there you. a hunting store in this? In this mall, in this why would that matter? Mall. Have they either of them? I don't know if Brock hunts. I'm just saying, do they have ac- do they have criminals. access to? I mean, they're obviously gonna have, the they're going to have their firearms, right? Yeah, but I, I'm thinking like they're going to get crazy with like you know they grab like a grab a container of propane. They got they're they're rigging <laughs> shit up. There's booby traps. I, can't, I don't know if Brock can do that. I don't know if he's like good at making homemade bombs. That would probably worry right. me. <laughs> <laughs> David got bored last night. I made a homemade bomb. <laughs> kid better not be tardy. So. Brock, you want to talk about anything? <laughs> I've got booby traps all around this school. <laughs> if you're out in the halls, you're not supposed to. Bear traps. That's all I'm saying. Bear traps. Where's your you, hall pass? You better, you better pee in the toilet. Stop peeing everywhere. P.K.A. <laughs> motherfucker. If you ever want to punish somebody, lock him in a public boy's bathroom at a high school. Oh, oh, it's bad. Okay. Good lord. I'm going to give it to Brock, too. You know what, Brock? We love you, and I think you could take John McClane. That's good. John McCain, too. You got John McCain. You got jo- both John McCain, McCain and McClane. John McCain can barely walk at this point. So. I said McClane. Pretty pretty, pretty clear, <laughs> I feel like. But, so, yeah, you can also take John McCain. Yeah. John McClane, in partnership with John McCain. You got him. Brock got both. Brock got them both. Hashtag Brock got both. Hashtag bring Brock's beard back. <laughs> All day. Hashtag Officer Brock knows. <laughs> Awesome. Well, thank you guys for listening, and Dave, thank you for uh, blast as always, guys. coming back on here. Always insightful, always enjoyable. You got anything you uh, want to promote? Anything you want to shout out? Anything you recommend? Anything you recommend? Yes, <laughs> yeah, recommend. Like any shows or anything like that that people should go see? Any movies? Mm, any music they should listen to? Watching. Uh, watch Legion. Legion's good. Yes, I watched the pilot of that, Justin. You absolutely need to watch that oh, show. Oh, yeah. yeah it's yeah. good stuff. Watch uh, Expanse if you're into sci-fi. It's a really good yes, sci-fi show. Also Expanse good. is really good. Did you watch the first season of Expanse? I did. Really good. Um, I think what else am I haven't watched lately? I think that's Do you recommend Man in the High Castle? <sighs> I kind of been, I'm a few I've watched in. it and I like it. It's just really slow. I mean, take their sweet time getting to it. It's good. It's not like Legion level. Yeah. But um, I thought there was another show I watched that was really good. Penny Dreadful. I saw you hadn't watched that. It's a really good show. Mm. I'm trying to think. That's about it. What do I want to promote? Uh, pay your property taxes, I said, every time. It helps out school. <laughs> um, and as for shout out, I think we shout out to Brock well enough. Yeah, we got it. And uh, yeah, I think we're good. Awesome. Get Pay on. your taxes. <laughs> Justin, you got anything you want to promote or shout out? Uh, just I recommend. Br- bring back Brock's beard. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag bring back Brock's beard. I want that to trend. Awesome. Great. Uh, I don't. I, I started watching this anime called uh, One Punch Man. Oh, yeah, it's really good. Watch uh, that. It's basically about a guy who can kill all of his enemies in one punch. 
And I like it. It's kind of a satire on anime, but it's it's really good. It's on Netflix season one. Um, kind of digging into really it good. now. It's really good. Based off of Officer Brock's life. <laughs> one Punch Brock. <laughs> one, punch one, punch Brock. Punch Brock. one Punch Brock. Hashtag One Punch Brock. <laughs> awesome. You guys can find uh, Mind Gap on Facebook. Look us up there. We're also on Twitter at Mind Gap Podcast. Justin has a website. You can find me online at justinstranlin.com. Uh, on Twitter and Instagram at Justin underscore Michael, spelled M-I-K-E-L. Uh, listen to this podcast on 2eastate.com, as well as the other one I do every uh, Monday with Milo Stavanovich. That's the best bar podcast ever. Uh, at 2eastate on all social medias. And while you're in the online realm, check us out on iTunes, Stitcher. Review us, rate us, let us know. What do you love about us? What do you... What do you think about PC culture? You know? Yeah. Give us your thoughts. We'd love to have a dialogue, and Dave will politely debate you and make you feel I'm stupid. always polite. He is always polite. He is. He keeps it, he keeps it classy, motherfuckers. Mm-hmm. That's right. PKA motherfuckers. <laughs> All right, guys, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. Mind Gap Podcast.